brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Expert hosts each week are me, Dr. Bryce Hansen. I hold a PhD in spookology. Across from me sits. I'm Mr. David Doy, the foremost expert in scare meow meows. We always cover new theatrical releases, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrorable. Much anticipated new release this episode. We're going to be reviewing. Nope. Nope. No. Um, so before we get into it, just want to plug our website, horrormovietalk.com, uh, go there to find links to all of our things and support the show. Um, we post every Wednesday, so please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a rating and review on Apple podcasts. If you're an Apple user, if you want to leave us a voicemail, uh, you can call us and leave that at 682-253-4468. We start out every show giving a brief synopsis and review for the film, and then we'll give a score from 1 to 10. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. So if you haven't seen Nope yet, you can bounce. You can nope on out. You can nope on out from the episode and come back after you've seen it so it doesn't get spoiled. Ah, oh, man, I'm so... Excited to talk about an interesting movie. <laughs> I'm. What are you talking about? The last episode was Kiss of the Vampire. 
I'm a Matt. That was a very exciting movie. But we talked about that months ago. It wasn't. We didn't get to talk about that last week. What did we do last week? We didn't do anything last week. No, we recorded one last week. Oh, did we? No. We didn't record anything last week? I don't think so, no. But this week, we record Nope. And it has one of my low-key favorite actors uh, in it. Guess which one? Guess. Daniel Kaluuya? No, Keith David. Oh, Keith David, yeah. Ugh. Maybe the most handsome black man on the face of the earth, childs from uh from the thing. Uh, he was also in They Live. He was also in, uh, in like Delta Farce. He was in like he's been in everything. More handsome than Denzel? Oh my God! Don't yo? Don't you think so? No. What? No, Denzel is like the. No, it's like the agreed upon most handsome black. Actor. No, it's Keith David. I'm. I will. Well, we know your type. Rugged and handsome. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> uh, what if he, if he called you Maid Marian, and invited you to a sex party? Would you do it? I guess. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I. I mean, you know, you gotta, you gotta have yes on your lips. <laughs> that won't be the only thing. Uh, <laughs> So uh, later on, after we review the movie and get into spoilers, we've we got a couple bits. We've got uh, another round of horror, horrorable, or horror, or horror, or horrible. Oh, no. Oh, no. I was almost just going to, like, do horrible or hilarious and just completely steal the bit. Well, because oh, that's just going to ruin my day. Kind of what it is. Um, and then we'll check our voicemail. At uh, uh, during a bit called Horror Movie Whores, because that's what you all are to us just a bunch of whores. <laughs> okay. Um, I like <laughs> that I'm becoming more and more of a villain, becoming in, in yeah. the podcast, no, becoming, becoming, mm-hmm. uh, just more greedy. I'm like, just give me your fucking money, yeah, I know. The have more been. money that the podcast makes. Which is very little. All, all, all <laughs> things considered, very insignificant <laughs> in terms. Yeah, we were just talking about like, oh no, we we did our taxes, and like, yeah, first time it's actually making an impact, and it's minimal. But the fact that we've never taken anything out for ourselves ever, yeah, like we've we got some income coming in, and it's all just turned around and put right back into the podcast. Yep. So anytime you guys, and you know what, by the way, um, I'm going to thank some patrons here shortly once I get that pulled up, just because we've had a big influx of patrons and all that just goes to make the show better. And so we appreciate you. But um, in the meantime, while I'm pulling that up, you just take, yeah. take the reins. Go ahead. Um, yeah, it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of crazy thing. We've never even paid ourselves back for the initial investment, which we we could do like easily. Every month, probably at this point. Oh yeah. Um. So, anyways, give us your money. God damn it! Big thanks to Joe P, Leah R, Logan W, uh, Ed B, Hazel, Spencer B, Alex D, Galloping Gigolo, Matt, Charles C, and Ma S. Thank you so much to those new patrons. Um, in all honesty, we we love all of our listeners and are glad that 
you guys listen to us and Very don't true. take you for granted no. at all. And uh, if you ever want to reach out, we'll, you know. Yeah, hit us I'll up. I'll be there. Hit us up on social media for sure, and we will we'll have a conversation about seasons one through nine of The Simpsons. Yep. All right, so we went and saw Nope, and it's a yes for me. <laughs> okay. Here's the trailer. Did you know that the very first assembly of photographs to create a motion picture was a two-second clip of a black man on a horse? And that man is my great-great-grandfather. Great. There's another great-grandfather. But that's why back at the Haywood Ranch, as the only black-owned horse trainers in Hollywood, we like to say since the moment pictures could move, yeah, skin in the game. It's a bad miracle. They got work for that. can be found in theaters right now. Uh, after a freak accident involving falling objects from the sky kills their father, OJ, played by Daniel Kaluuya, and Emerald Haywood, played by Kiki Palmer, are left to manage the struggling family ranch of trained horses. As horses start disappearing, a strange object in the sky seems to be the culprit. OJ and Emerald decide to capitalize on the opportunity by filming the UFO. This is Jordan Peele's third horror movie that he's written and directed, and he's already established himself as one of the most interesting voices in the genre. I know that I was looking forward to seeing this one uh, ever since I saw the trailer. He's He's got some of the best trailers in the biz. Holy shit. Dude fucking gets a trailer, man. Yeah. I mean, it's the, it is the, it's the mark of, I mean. Any- Not only is it like it sells the excitement for it. But it also, everything pretty much is like representative of what you're going to get from the film. I don't want to be 
like, I, I don't want to be like one of these uh, horror gatekeeper-y kind of people or, or uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. anything like that. But I do. But I do take a lot of pride in the fact that I feel like horror movie um, directors, writers are people who are looking at the medium in a more intense way and un- understand the 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 ins and outs of every aspect like i mean jordan peele understands every aspect of work of what works about movies and mm-hmm. that includes ha- making a compelling trailer that doesn't give everything away like and i mean the guy he pays the most homage to is uh, john carpenter mm-hmm. and he's you know so and again carpenter is one of these guys who just knocks it out of the park with knowing the you know the, how to make the bones of a movie good. So, well, I mean, yeah, sure, everybody. Well, I mean, John know. Carpenter's track record is pretty shaky throughout his career, but he's got enough like just great like ten enough, out of ten movies. Enough, that, like, you like can't, he's, yeah, he's genre a, defining movie. Right. Is it how many genre defining movies do you have to make before you're considered a great? You right. know, it's like yeah. Well, he's got like three of them, <laughs> you know. Um. So, what's the most interesting thing about this film is that it takes the popular concept of a UFO as a mysterious and clinically detached object and makes it personal and menacing. It's a very eclectic movie with a lot of seemingly disparate storylines and characters, and ties them in the end. So, and in the end, ties them together nicely. It's got killer chimps, the Hollywood film industry, family tragedy, sibling rivalry, and more, all contributing to the story uh, of what this UFO is and why it's there. It's just, you know, it's it seems like, oh, I'm going to make a movie about a UFO. Like, if you were to fill in, fill in the, the blanks, like, you're not going to get this movie. Like I, I think of right. the UFO movies that exist, and they fall into either disaster movie or alien invasion. All my favorite ones are like this. This is this is like all my favorite ones, which is like, um, Close Encounters. It's like uh, the Fourth Kind. Um, it's like the Endless. Uh, it's this, it's this unthought of extra dimension to the whole thing that yeah. adds this, what, like, whoa, wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait a minute. Like, uh, and what's that one? Oh, fire in the sky. Yeah. Yeah. These yeah. ones that, that add this element of, oh no, oh no, I never thought it could be like that. You know, like, right, right. Yeah. I think like, here's the difference for me. Um, all of these all these examples like the if it's going for horror the ufo is used as a neutral object and the horror comes from what it contains right like is it going to spew out evil aliens is it going to spew out an evil laser that blows up the white house you know is it going to you know open a portal or like, is it whatever, like all these other, other things, by the way, like fire in the sky is, is my, uh, ultimate alien abduction 
movie. Sure, yeah. Uh, the Endless is, I mean, I'm so excited for when we get to The Endless because yeah. it's it's very much like Nope. I feel like Jordan Peele took some hmm. some cues from. Interesting. Um, but yeah, it takes, takes that and makes the UFO the source of menace. Right. Like it makes the UFO itself as the danger, mm-hmm. which is interesting to me. Which is like UAP. Yeah, it's it's got a flying saucer, and you're like, oh shit, not the flying saucer. <laughs> like, I don't think that it has existed. That feeling has existed since the fifties. Well, people are like, yeah, oh, no. since um, uh, what is, what's the uh, the one that freaked everyone out from what's his face? War of the Worlds. Yeah, War of the Worlds. Thank you. Yeah. Um. So. <clears throat> at the center of the film is the relationship between OJ and Emerald. It's a mix of button pushing comfort, frustration and love that comes from being siblings. OJ is a stoic introvert driven by duty and Emerald is an ambitious extrovert looking to make a mark in the world. Uh, their contrast and the resulting relationship really grounds the film by giving it heart. This film melds Peel's weird and unique sensibilities that you can see in, in us with the Spielbergian spectacle. There is genuine off-putting menace throughout, but especially in the third act, there are some undeniably fun and exciting sequences. Um, my only gripe with the film is that the runtime is a little long and seems to meander a bit in the middle. Uh, some of the story elements, like uh, Stephen Yuen's character and the monkey attack are nice for color but don't seem to have a really satisfying payoff in the ending i was i was hoping that some stuff would be like tied up kind of tidy and be like and i I was very this is all resolved i well it felt very resolved it felt like to me it felt like it was there to to give you that to to be like you don't you don't fuck with nature like this is like you know it was it was a it was right um no it's there for it's there for a purpose like but in terms of like storytelling it it kind of it feels like there was a loose end there it's it's it, hard it, hard to put my finger on but it, it feels like that though wasn't very like it was obvious what the tie in is but it wasn't as satisfying as i feel it could be i almost wonder if they might have cut something I, I like, it's interesting. So you mentioned the Spielbergian. I felt like this was an homage to so many different things. Like, I, 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 like, I feel like Keith David being thrown in there was a clear hearkening to like a nod at, um, not just Keith David, but also John Carpenter because, because he's been in like all the big John Carpenter, they live and the thing. Yeah. And then, but this movie felt like Jaws to me. Right. It felt yes. like fucking very, Jaws. Very much Jaws, And yes. as a result, also Tremors. Like, this yeah. movie felt tight. It felt really good. And mm-hmm. uh, and it had all the same elements to make a, to make it a Tremors or a Jaws. Like, yeah, I would. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, it's it's right in there with Jaws and and Tremors. I. I would I probably disagree on how tight it was. And I think the reason why it's not as tight for me um is just cuz I got a a smaller dick. No. Uh because it's it's because I think it's a little more ambitious. Like it throws in 
more in there. Like Tremors and Jaws are like they're so only, much like only like focused tremors. on one thing. Like Jaws and Tremors were like laser focused on. Yeah, you don't these like are the, the side stories. Yeah, these are the monsters. Here's the setup. Here's the payoff. Um, the side stories and like the color was great. I, I'm not saying I don't like it, but it's not as you didn't focused. Like the, it's it's the, the problem it, with the problem that you're describing. I imagine can be summed up as the flashback sequences feel extraneous when compared to how tight something like Tremors is. Right, right. The yeah. flashbacks are a bridge too far. It feels like. Well, why are you taking me on this sideshow? And the sideshow is a little bit of like, is the sideshow to me in this, in Nope, feels like it's dialing into the core of what you're afraid of as a child. You know, it's like, okay, like, how'd you get fucked up? You know, like, and, and what lessons did you or did you not learn? And is that going to come full circle in your life? And for Steven Yoon, yes. Um. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not knocking it that much, but, like, that's where I I think it kind of falls short of being perfect for me. Not not that far, though. Okay. Like, it's it's a a really fun movie. Um, Overall, it's, it's a genuinely good time and well worth the trip to the theater. Like, here here's the thing. It made me smile. Oh yeah. Like it it was a good time. Yeah. In this movie. Yeah. And like that that's enough for me. That's huge. You know, that's that's like that's a challenge to have like a jaded 40-year-old asshole. That's like yay. Hooray. <laughs> here you are though sitting here wearing a jaws shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I give it a nine out of ten, just just barely under a ten for me. I completely agree with your score, but for a totally different reason. Um, it was delightful. It was fun. It felt great. It felt really tight, and he knew how, there were some very scary parts, very scary moments in this, along with. One or two of the best jump scares I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, and I, I believe it's PG 13. Does that sound right? Um, um, let me, uh, let me back up because I think I'm on, they live now. Um, I think it is PG. No, it's R. Okay. This is my problem with this movie is, <laughs> is there, it, it didn't go fire in the sky with it. It did not go there. It went there for a split second. Uh-huh. And you were like, oh, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is so dreadful and terrifying. What is this? I need it fleshed out a little bit. A little bit. Mm-hmm. And instead, what he does with it is kind of throws it to me. It's a little bit of a hands being thrown up in the air kind of thing. Mm. It's like, oh, it's uh. Well, the payout in this is just not is is just not um, satisfying to me, like something that would have been horrifically dreadful, like the split second in this movie where you go, oh, oh no. no, oh no, oh no. Now, the payout is very. It works very well for me in another direction, which is delight. Right. 
Um, but uh, I really wish he'd have gone harder into the real dark territory because it was, it could have been so, I kind of like that he didn't go super nihilistic and, and horrendous with it. But at the other end, I'm just left going, I want to know so much more. Can you please just show me a little bit less about the characters and a little bit more mm. about the dread? Like, yeah. because if we're going R with it, then, you know, go hard R. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't have taken much more. I mean, there's pretty intense scenes in it. Yeah. Um, I just wish it had been more of that, you know, because yeah. I know he's capable of it. I just, I'm waiting for that movie where he goes, let's have five minutes of Rob Zombie thrown into this. Uh... Rob Zombie's The Munsters coming to Netflix this summer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're very uh, not. You're not looking forward to that at all. Oh, it looks so bad. That trailer was like, oh no, oh no, no, no. It looks so <laughs> bad. Like, I was already like completely ambivalent. I'm like, what? It's like when the Lone Ranger came out. Yeah. I'm like, what? Who cares about? Who this? is asking yeah. for this? Like, were there fans of? Are there fans of the Munsters still sitting around like, I miss the Munsters. <laughs> like, what? When, when was that? Like, the early 60s? Yeah, Rob Zombie is the weirdest hipster in the entire world. <laughs> so, He's like, remember the Munsters? And, and everyone's and like, he, no, 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 no. And there's people in our in our Facebook group that are like, oh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I love the Munsters. I hope they do it justice. I'm like justice. I watched the Munsters a lot as a kid and reruns at Nick at Night. You really? Know? Yeah, sure, but uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't change the fact that I don't care about them, right? Very much. It's yeah. like a sitcom that's goofy and like didn't seem that great to me at the time. So, I mean, I I think uh, it was already set low, and I was like, and then Rob Zombie is like, okay, not super confident. In his ability to make this interesting. And then the trailer came out, and it literally looks like a straight-to-DVD 90s, like, shitty movie. Hey. It's bad. Real bad. You mean like an Olsen Twins movie? <laughs> That's giving it too much credit, I think. People watch those Olsen Twins movies. Oh, hey. I'm talking about, like, Airbud 6 level, you know? <laughs> wow. Uh, anyways, um, Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
Sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Before we get to the spoilers, just want to take a second and talk about our sponsor, NightChannels.com. NightChannels.com is your destination for horror, occult, metal, um, and more apparel. It's got some great designs. I know I've got several. I wear my um, The Witch shirt. It's got uh, Black Phillip on there. Um, talking Heads. Talking Heads. What was the other one I bought? I got, I got a Mayhem shirt from there. Yeah, there's, there's some great stuff. They got a they got an Alien shirt. They got, I mean, they got uh, Sallow. Uh, they got all kinds of crazy mixed up fucking weird shit over there and you should check it out because you like to have that stuff on your body show people how how fucking you don't fuck around with rob zombie regular stuff <laughs> you fuck around with that real fucked up stuff that david lynchian stuff yeah and their designs are always expanding they've always got new stuff so even if you shop there before go again and you'll find new stuff all we ask you to do is take the night channels challenge just go to nightchannels.com and start browsing like, we don't have to sell you on this. You'll sell yourself. You'll find a design that you're not going to find anywhere else that you're like, this speaks to me, and I need to have it. Prices are very reasonable. Uh, but what makes it even more reasonable is if you use code HMT at checkout, you get 13% off your entire order. So go to nightchannels.com, take the Night Channels Challenge, and uh, save some moolah. Uh, we already mentioned our patrons on Patreon.com. want to thank them again. Uh, if you want to support the show directly, it doesn't take much to make a big impact. Um, we give this show out for free, but we got a ton of bonus content at all different tier levels. Uh, probably the most significant one starts at the $5 uh, a month pledge, which is access to all our afterpods, which is a separate podcast that is just us leaving the mics running after each episode and, and shooting the shit and talking about ourselves and what goes on. It gets pretty uh, philosophical. It gets very personal at times. Tears. Too personal. Yeah, tears, uh, laughs, come. Um, that's all available on Patreon.com. So go to Patreon.com slash Horror Movie Talk. I'd just like to pony onto this really quick and say, um, coming soon. Uh, you know, Bryce, we've we've hit our 125 uh, patron goal, yeah. and then and then breezed past it. And so soon on Patreon exclusively, uh, we will be releasing our commentary track to go with our viewing of Human Centipede Two, Yay. which is certifiably uh, one of the most fucked up uh, general release movies that's ever been. Um, ever been shot so uh you know head on over to our patreon and check out all that content and soon to be a commentary track for human centipede 2 um also another way to support us is we've got a shop with our t-shirts and stickers on it go to horrormovietalk.com slash shop and find that there we've also got the shop on our facebook page and group now so you can browse on facebook um if you want to see what we have, um, all the designs are done by our resident artist, Dustin Goble. 
He's a professional artist who fucks hard. You can find him on Instagram at dgobel 0 That's at D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0. Um, reach out to him and make your artistic dreams come true. If you want to leave us a voicemail, our number again is 682-253-4468. Thanks again. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overplayed by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Let's get into spoilers now. Let's do it. Let's see what it is. Spoilers. That was beautiful. You know, that reminds me, I've been getting into, I've been enjoying the catalog of Mariah Carey. Oh, yeah? Recently. Fucking, dude, what a talent. Just crushingly beautiful voice. Yeah. And so many bangers. Like, and then you go... I well, I go because I, you know, I'm just not with it in terms of like staying uh, current on pop culture. Um, I'm like, what the fuck happened to Mariah Carey? Like, uh-huh. she seemed like the most stable and productive, like hard diva of our time for sure. Right, right, right. And uh, and she she married Nick Cannon and just kind of like something happened. So it's like she just kind of like faded away, kind of. And they had a little resurgence and then... Yeah, it was weird. Like, she's... It's been a little while. Um, I You see her around every once in a while. She was on, like, some New Year's thing a couple of years ago. Um, I mean, I'm sure she's still performing. But, yeah, for me, with Mariah Carey... Uh, before we get into Nope, let's talk about Mariah Carey. Um, <laughs> for me, she's, like, the perfect example of of a virtuosic singer that needs someone to give her her repertoire. Like, cause once she starts picking songs herself, they're just not good. <laughs> you know? No. It's I, like, what, t- tell me what you mean. Like, I think her story was, I think like she had, um, I don't know if it was Clive Davis or, or someone that was basically saying, you have to sing these songs. 
sing these songs. These oh. are the songs that you need to sing. Right. And her catalog is so ultra massive. Yeah. That- and so all those songs that you know her for are like when she was basically a puppet of the studio system. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she gains enough power to go off on her own and and uh, like, I'm going to do she these types of songs power. now. And it's like, oh, and it's a little bit of like the trajectory of, of like pop music in general, where it's like, fuck melody. We're going to have one chord and uh, have them basically rap sing mm-hmm. over an entire song. Mm-hmm. And that's what music is now. It's the same thing for me with like Beyonce. It's like, yeah, all those songs that I thought were actually good were like when she was with Destiny's Child controlled and then goes off on her own it's like yeah these songs none of these songs stick with me because they don't have well if you like you better put a ring on it yeah that's the one i guess but that's notable because of like uh yeah i don't know it's it's good that one's good but i everyone like talks about beyonce as like the queen of all music and i can't tell you anything since that song that she's done that's significant to me yeah but maybe I'm, i don't know i'm also an old man and what do i know but yeah like that's mariah carey is one of those where it's like oh yeah you kind of need to be a pawn in the system to really take advantage of the virtuosity of a voice like that you need a rick rubin to yeah. tell you what's good right yeah um anyways because your unfettered talent can take you basically to the a very specific moon <laughs> right right um oh. Oh. calm down I was about to sneeze so the movie starts out with this uh sitcom setup and you just kind of see this glimpse of a bloody soundstage with a bloody chimp sitting next to a couch and you're like what the fuck very intriguing yeah cuz you're like oh shit is that is that chimp is he a, is he a alien Right. But instantly Joe Rogan is on board with this movie. I, I'm I'm still so interested in that shoe. I know, right? What is going on? Is it does it symbolize the the possibility for the freakish like the one-off situation where a coin lands on its side? And it stays there, you know, uh-huh. is it, does it symbolize the UFO that this is just a fucking freak thing that just happened? Like, what uh-huh. is this? There's a shoe on this soundstage that has been that total chaos. Chaos has prevailed for six minutes and 13 seconds on this soundstage where mm-hmm. this chimp just murdered the set. Uh-huh. But there's a single shoe standing on its on the back of its heel. Uh-huh. Vertical. Vertically. And it stands for something. It's something. It's like it's like the fucking monolith in right. 2001. Yeah. Almost like a dead ass, like, hearkening back to that scene, because there's a fucking chimp there. Yeah. It's, uh, that is one of the loose ends where I was like, is, is this, like, is this alluding to some kind of supernatural force or something related to... The UFO, like just the fact that the shoe is standing up and it might be just what you're talking about, which I mean, we're not really left with an explanation other than, well, that happened. 
Um, I feel like I have to view it a few more times and maybe we'll get something. Yeah. Like maybe we'll get there. Um, but I think the main takeaway from it, like you said, is like you don't fuck with nature or you just like animals are animals and they're going to behave like animals no matter how much you think they're trained. You can control them to an extent. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, like Sigmund and Roy. <laughs> Siegfried. Siegfried and Roy. How dare you? I don't know. Is he dead now? Uh, no. <laughs> Is he the one who was mauled to death? No, they're just mangled. Both of them are alive? Yeah. I think one of them's dead. I thought I thought they're both still alive. I don't think let's, so. Let's look it up. Um, you know, and I'm assuming Roy was the one that got mangled because uh, if it was Siegfried, they'd just say Siegfried and everyone would understand, but they have to say from Siegfried and Roy. Ah, gotcha. Um, yeah, so it starts out with that. It's kind of a non sequitur. And then it goes to... They're both dead. <laughs> oh, they're both dead? <laughs> yeah, but I think they died uh, not by Tiger. Um, <laughs> Roy died in 2020 and uh, Siegfried died in 2021. Oh, yeah. Of a broken heart. Of a broken heart. And of massive lacerations. <laughs> um, so it, it cuts to the, the Haywood Ranch, um, and we see Keith David, um, you know, riding or training this horse. And all of a sudden you hear kind of this weird hailstorm. And Keith David is slumped over on the horse, and uh, he's basically killed by whatever fell from the sky. Ended up being a coin. Ended up being a nickel. Yeah. And uh, when uh, OJ goes back to the horse, he sees like a key, like a house key embedded in the horse that he was riding. Yeah. So all of a sudden there's this giant rainstorm of metal objects. So much mystery right off the bat. You're like, what the f- but this is the fucking perfect way yeah. to start a movie is you're just so intrigued. You're you're like, why was the shoe standing up? What did that monkey do? How did the right. monkey? It's an ape. Let's get it right. Chimp, David. It's an ape. It's a chimpanzee. Yeah, but it's, these are, those are apes. And I hate every ape I see from chimpanzee to chimpanzee. No, you'll never make a monkey out of me. Oh, my God. I was wrong. It was Earth all along. You finally made a monkey. Yes, you finally made a monkey. Yes, you finally made a monkey out of me. I love you, Dr. Zayas. <laughs> that is like 30 seconds of a podcast about nope. <laughs> yes. Well, I love we're see we've been encouraged there was a, someone that reached out on instagram that was like i also love the simpsons seasons one through nine and so now it's top of mind like yeah, yes nice. we will do simpsons references ad nauseum <laughs> yeah watch what you watch out what you ask for because you'll get it <laughs> yeah i love you dr zayas <laughs> yeah shout out shout out to edby 
Um, so yeah, so the, a lot of mystery. Um, and then we're, we're taken to like a movie set with OJ, just a really unfortunate name. Like at that point, like, would you really still go by OJ? Wouldn't you just be like, I'm Otis Jr. You wouldn't, but this guy totally would. This this character, uh-huh. uh, this OJ, yeah, he's a, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, you know, he's he'd just be, and that's what I like about this movie. It's what works so well about this movie is they're all such strong characters. Yes, it's what makes it Jaws. It's what makes it Tremors. It's what he was going for. It's like, no, these are people. They're people, and, right. and that's what's great about it. Yeah, especially OJ and, and Emerald. They're very, very strong characters. And, yeah, Kiki Palmer just plays Kiki Palmer in this. Yeah. She's, like you said, you watch interviews with her, like, oh, oh, this is just... Just her. This is basically her. Yeah. Um. So they're they're on a set, and you kind of see them in work, and, and uh, OJ is not equipped to be the face of the operation. Right. Because he's very timid, timid, soft spoken. Yeah. And, you know, he knows the horses. He knows how to to train and he knows like what the horses are going to do. But he's not assertive. He's not assertive with the people. He can handle the horses, but the people daunting. Yeah. He's intimidated around like all these surface level, like vain, very strong personalities. Yeah. Yeah. And so. He's like trying to give the spiel and no one's listening to him and like Yeah, because he's on a movie set and he's trying to give this safety talk for how to be around a horse and everyone's just carte blanche ignoring him. And it's a great display of like, yeah, these people have no respect for this because it's like it's just setting. It's just like window dressing yeah. the horse and the people that manage them are like unimportant. Like, right. They're not the stars. The the horse is the star, and the horse is just, yeah, it's accoutrement. Yeah, it's like, turn around the horse. It's a horse. Just do the thing. Yeah. And he's, like, thinking of, like, oh, it's getting tired. We need a little bit of a break. Like, no, just turn him around. We'll be, we'll get going. Yeah. And uh, trying to get people to not stand behind the horse, which is, like, I feel like even if you're, like, a run-of-the-mill moron, you're going to know, don't stand behind a horse. Don't. There were so many, like, uh, like horses are one of the scariest things to me. <laughs> I like, I like, I don't, it's not like when I walk up to a horse, I'm like, ah, but I have, tr- what it is, is I have total respect for the amount of insane power and chaos that a horse can produce because I've seen it firsthand a lot, you know, like. I, my mom was a horse person, like oh, yeah. growing up, like as a kid, she, you know, she had a horse and uh-huh. yada, yada. So she wanted me to be a horse person too. So when I was like five, I got horse riding lessons and the, I like, there's this fucking perfect, like, this is a whole fucking story we can go into on the afterbod. I, I can't wait. I rode a horse that got struck by lightning two days prior at five years old. And the thing fucking went into a frenzy because of a hose. And and I'm just little tiny David, just on the back of this thing that's flying around, and I'm like, ah, ah, I'm gonna die, I'm going to die, and then you know, I, it's 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 a lot. Like horses are powerful in every way. 
this was one of those things that came as a shock to me, and I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast, but we were talking on the phone once, and I can't remember the circumstance, but you revealed your intense fear of horses, of like this latent fear of like... I don't like anything about them. A horse can fuck you right up. Like, <laughs> it is danger. Yeah, they personified. You could be around a horse and then just be dead. <laughs> Man, I can't. Re- I wish I could remember the circumstances of the talk. Um, maybe we were talking about horse girls or something. Do you remember? I remember. Yes, yeah, vaguely, but I don't remember what 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 it was. I mean, dude, I was so amused by it because it's as for me. I, I imagine this is what it. It feels like for you when I talk about sinkholes, you're like, what? Yeah. That's not even a thing. Yeah, kind of. It's a very specific fear. But I mean, for me, it's, 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 I don't know. Like, I don't like anything about them either. Like, (laughs) their teeth are terrifying. (laughs) They have people teeth. They have a big head full of people teeth. (laughs) And they use them a lot, like to bite things. Uh Like, I don't like that. They can... You could just bite your hand, bite your finger off. No problem. But those back legs, if you walk behind a horse wrong, your life could just be done. <laughs> right. Because all it takes is a half inch of that hoof to clip you in the head and you're dead. Right. <laughs> you're just yeah, fucking yeah. totally dead. Yeah. So. Or. Tell, tell me about their eyes. Oh, they got them dark eyes. Those, those black eyes. Doll's eyes. <laughs> Lifeless eyes, like dolls eyes. Something, something. I think it's the danger. That's what attracts girls to them. They're like, "This can kill me." <laughs> oh, that's what it was. We were talking about why girls are attracted to horses, and you talked, and like there was any number of things that I could have gone, but I could not have predicted yours was the danger. Oh yeah, I'm like what? What? I'm like oh yeah, it's a dangerous animal. I'm like I, that's not. It's the only Where reason I would have gone at all. It's it's why women like men. Is there any other reason to like men? It's I, like no, this thing can protect me because it's yeah, I, it's I, big I, and strong and unwieldy and can protect me from other big, strong, we unwieldy right, things. Right, right. I would go just giant muscle mass and then just horse cock. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, but uh, OJ and his sister. Well, OJ is is horse people. And he gets horses. Yeah. It's, and Kiki Palmer is his boisterous sister who runs the show for him. Yeah. She comes on set. She's late. She's supposed to be kind of the voice and and face of the operation. She, she appears and all of a sudden you see like, oh, she's all the things that OJ is not. She's, she's good at all the things that OJ isn't, which is salesmanship, um, showmanship and, uh, personal uh marketing basically yeah. and personality personality yeah. and like but it's also obvious that she's not really there to run the business she's really there to promote herself right uh first and foremost because she's like doing plugs for like oh, i can sing and act and i'm a seamstress I'm seamstress yeah so it's like okay and uh they get promptly fired after <laughs> the horse gets spooked and uh, I love this there's kind of there's kind of blame all around between the two of them because it, it all it's interesting how they how they do it because it's like, OK, it's their job to not have that happen. But you're also on their side. 
Yeah. Because, um, number one, OJ is like trying to get the people on the set to stop doing the things that are going to fuck up the horse and they're not listening to him. Because he can't assert himself strongly enough. Right. And he's trying to call out to Emerald and get her to come over and, you know, take care of the situation. And she's off, you know, promoting herself and talking to someone at craft services. Yeah. And so it just ends in, you know, danger. The horse almost kicks a lady. This scene, I was very, I I had full respect for OJ. I was like, y'all, I, I was so irritated by all these people who were just igno- like treating him and the horse like, like livestock. You know, like right. something not to be respected when in reality, like, and I'm sure this is a thing on, on uh, commercial and TV sets all the time where it's a bunch of people who don't have the proper respect for the actual thing in the room that they should be respecting right now. You know, like just, just being like, oh, the horse is just an actor. It's like, no, the horse is a fucking horse first off. And then way down the line, it's here to like down the, in, in its mind, like you're not. I don't know. This this yeah. whole scene was was very effective for me. I was like, yeah, these fucking people, they don't get it. They don't respect the horse. You got to respect the horse. <laughs> yeah. Um, Another Simpsons reference I was trying to work in. It's like, oh, yeah, horses don't look like horses on camera. <laughs> or cows don't look like cows on camera. What is a cow when you see it on uh, on the uh, on TV? No, usually, was, a bunch of cats, the usually a bunch of cats taped together. Because <laughs> they're painting horses to look like cows. I'm like, why are you painting these horses? Oh, cows don't look like cows on film. It's like, what do you do if you need a horse? I'm going to tape a bunch of cats together. <laughs> tape a bunch of cats together. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no. OJ can't get no respect at all. They're kicked off, um, and that kind of establishes the relationship between OJ and Emerald. Um, they're, you know, Emerald is flighty and she's not invested in the family business, and OJ is. Um, there's a legacy behind it. You know, it talks about that in the, in the trailer, how they're like the very first kind of horse trainers in the industry, their family. And they have this ranch, but it's struggling, and they keep having to sell off horses because. I don't know if you've noticed, but horses are not a huge part of the film industry as much anymore. Like, if you look at, like, what it would have been like in the 60s, Ugh. unending supply or, or, or like, a demand for trained horses. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that changed. There's not a lot of Westerns in the... 2000s and 2010s or 20s and the situations under which you would need a horse probably about 50 percent of the time can be accomplished with cgi now right you know so even less demand (laughs) i love it when they when they leave the set you see like them carting in like a kind of like a green screen framework horse oh no (laughs) like i will just get special effects to fill it in wow yeah um so then we're shown like the first like kind of ser- sequence of OJ seeing the UFO. <sighs> Man, this is so effective. Yeah. Everything around this UFO is just like magic. Yeah, cuz the the power goes Oh yeah, that's that's what accompanied um Keith David being killed was that there was a power outage. All of a sudden like Everything turned off 
and then stuff fell from the sky. This so, is one of these brilliant parts of the film, which is there is an audio and visual cue right. that that is reliable that you can that that signifies it's it is dun 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 dun. It is that. Um, it tells you that the shark is near. Yeah. Um. So the power starts going out. Um, and there's a horse running away, getting spooked. I think it's actually the same horse that Keith David was riding on. Yeah, I think so. And, uh, ghost OJ is trying to go after it. And then all of a sudden, like this tornado sucks it into the air. Turnotter. Tornado. Turnotter. And, uh, our accents are flawless. Yeah. And, and then OJ just sees like kind of a vague, UFO shaped kind of flying through the clouds like but more than that the screams of this horse right are echoing through the gulch right it's like and you're like what the shit <laughs> is this and this becomes a theme too like that whatever this thing is is torturing Whatever it pulls up into it, yeah, it's it feels kind of reminiscent of uh, Annihilation, that movie. Oh yeah, with yeah, the that bear, that the bear scene. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that's that's the first showing of it, and again, this is like where it mirrors Jaws, where it does not show anything. Mm-mm. Like it's it's a presence. And it's mysterious and kind of scary. Like, you don't know what to make of it. Right. The second time it shows up, like, it's very obvious. Oh, this is a fucking flying saucer. Yeah. And what was the most impressive thing to me was when it starts chasing Daniel Kaluuya and, like, it shows, like, the bottom of it opening and, like, coming towards the camera. That is one of the most menacing and visceral uh, scenes that I've seen in a long time. Like... It's very vaginal. The dread... <laughs> Just the dread, <laughs> of the a, dread of a gaping asshole coming towards you. <laughs> Did you experience that? That? Oh, like- yeah. I mean, it was... It was... Yeah, it was my worst nightmare. It was a vagina coming right at me. <laughs> it was really effective. Like, it was... It was like... And there was some about like the speed, and I think it, prob, prob, part of it is it's coming straight at you. So it's like the depth perception. You know, a, no, it, the way it moved was alarming. The, the yeah, it was all just it was all just sudden and 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 whoa, is a lot to take in. You know, with with a shark, you have an innate feeling. Right. You're like, that's dangerous. I know what that is. It's in the water. I don't know what's down there. Like it's all these feelings all kind of wrapped into one. And with this, it's uh, that he he produces that same effect. Yeah. Somehow there's this. I'm just reminded now, like movement, you know, there's the stories of like the first um, like some of the first film was of this train approaching the station. And when people saw it the first time, they were terrified because it looked like the train was coming at them. Oh. And they're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Get out of the way. <laughs> and it's like, and I think this moment where the UFO is coming straight at the camera is like, 
that's exactly what that is. It's that feeling of like, oh, yeah, like just a visceral response to something growing larger in your vision. It's not a good thing. Yeah, if it's a very large thing, you know, it's different if like it's coming from the side, but coming directly at you is yeah it's disturbing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so they they figure out like, and he tells Emerald that. You know, he saw something and, and she's immediately on board with like, oh, this is the answer to our problems. Because we're shown that they're struggling and because they got fired off that set, they had to sell more horses. And who they sell it to is this theme park that's close by, just down the gulch from yeah. them. I didn't catch the the name of the theme park, did you? Um, No, I can't. I can't recall. But the theme park is run by uh, a character played by Steven Yuen, um, and he's actually one of the child actors on that sitcom that we're shown with the the chimpanzee running amok, and he had his own little shrine to it in his office. But they have to sell that park a bunch of horses, um, and there's a lot made of, like, OJ feels very responsible for this ranch and he wants to be able to buy him back and like he's committed to continuing on the the family tradition kind of thing but um they've had to resort to selling horses um same kind of story with like family ranchers or family farmers where it's like the story now for the past like probably 100 years is um this does not work financially and we have to sell off part of our livelihood to continue having a livelihood. So either selling off your horses or selling off land. And eventually you just, it atrophies to a point where like, this just doesn't make sense as an ongoing concern. Yeah. Um, so that's what's going on there. Um, so they're trying to, in the back of your mind is like, this is a failing business. They're trying to save it. They need to buy back those horses. And they decide like the way to do it is if we get, just a fantastic shot proof of extraterrestrial life um with like good cameras yeah like that could be the solution to all of our problems and they describe it as like we got to get the oprah shot yeah something so good that it's not just like going to be on youtube it's got to be like you're going to get on oprah right which was this set in current day <laughs> in present day because oprah it's not as much of a thing as it was no, as she it, was like, but it it accomplishes the the point of the of the line, which is like everybody knows what Oprah is, right? You know, everybody knows that you make it big if you get the Oprah shot, right? Whatever that means, it yeah, doesn't yeah. doesn't mean anything. It just means you made it, yeah. Because Oprah is it. Um, <clears throat> so that's the the idea, and they go to Fry's to get camera equipment. I. This was such a weird callback. Like, I was like, wow, is Fry's doing marketing through <laughs> through theatrical release movies? And the answer is like, yeah, kind of a little bit. Like, Fry's. Like, when was the last time you heard, heard about Fry's, you know? I know. I don't even know if they... Do they still exist? I'm pretty sure, yeah. There's at least a, a couple. I mean, not like they used to, for sure. But Yeah, there was one fries locally in, what was it, Wilsonville? Yeah, it was way down there. Um, But yeah, it was kind of a iconic store. Actually, originally, it was Incredible Universe. Do you remember that? Uh, no. 
There is still a fries locally. Really? Um, oh, wait, no. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I saw like a video of it and it was abandoned. That The fries that I'm thinking of. There's a bunch that say permanently closed yeah. and one that says temporarily closed, but this one just says closed, I think, because it's not the right time of day. But, uh, anyway. Anyways, they go to Fry's, which is a stand-in for Big Box Electronic Store. Right. And they have their version of the Geek Squad. Um, yeah, look, that's, that's a success for Best Buy. Like, everything is just like, oh, it's the Geek Squad. Like, yeah. that's, that was a pretty good marketing tool. Yeah. For them. Um, so they get a guy and there's this, um, his name's Angel at Fry's and he comes to set up cameras and stuff and he's like kind of the the character is kind of set up as like the generic nerdy you know IT schlub right guy but uh not cast to type in my opinion like it I would have expected like a much more schlubby uh kind of acne pocked guy but maybe that's like Maybe I'm just not. Yeah. Maybe my eyes are dimmed. Okay, with boomer. Prejudice. Is, um, yeah, no, he's he's. I like him in this. He's he's like the one thing about this movie is it is well cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not in much else. Like this is really his kind of first thing, um, ever really. So, uh, in terms of, uh, he was in. Oh no, that's not entirely true, but. Um, it's his first big thing for sure. I think out of all the cast, I think he was the one that was the weakest for me. I was like, mm. I feel like they could have got a, a guy to sell that part a little better. I liked him. But it would have been a little more stereotypical if they had gone like the, um, who would have been the guy that I would have thought, oh, what's his name? The guy that, that uh, voices Olaf in uh, Frozen. Oh, yeah. Uh, Gad. What's his name? Something Gad. He has a beautiful voice. Um, You know who you're... Josh Gad. That's who I'm thinking of. Oh, okay. Well, you know who you're really thinking of is... um, What is his... What is his name? Josh Gad. From Freaks and Geeks. Um, (laughs) Who is also in Party Down. A lot of people from Party Down were in Freaks and Geeks. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, go on. So Martin Starr. Oh, Martin Starr. Yeah, he would have been good. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Haverchuk in Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. And uh and in uh yeah, Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley, yeah. What's his what was his name? Gilfoyle. Gilfoyle. <laughs> <laughs> he'd have been he'd have been a good good get for that. Yeah. Um so the guy from Fry sits at the camera and he's also instantly invested cuz he's kind of like a UFO guy. Mhm. He's um, like, oh, you're looking for UAPs. Why do they change it to UAPs? Because they want it. They want. They don't want you to be able to remember what it is. Yeah. Um. So they set up the cameras, and the first time that they try to, uh, to get the shot, it's covered by a praying mantis, just like completely useless. I love this through. This is a such a weird through line. These are these are things you like. You don't mess with nature, and somehow nature is like uh-huh. messing with you. Messing with you. I love it. Yeah. Um, I think 
so they don't get the shot. It calls then, into question whether or not, like, it kind of ties up, like, loosely links chimpanzees, praying mantises, horses, and UFOs. Uh-huh. Like, it's like, are all these things in cahoots against you? <laughs> yes. Kind of. The answer is yes. Kind of. Fuck yeah. you. Yeah. It's, it's like. Well, I like the, I, the, I like the idea that the UFO cuts off all the power and fucks with technology because it explains why you don't ever get a clear shot right. of the UFO. Right. You know? Yeah. Cause anytime you can actually get clear footage of it, you're miles and miles away. Right. But it's so far away that you can't, that you just can't focus on it. Right. Um, in there somewhere, I don't know if it's next, but there's like, uh, OJ is in the horse stalls. And I think, I don't even think like the UFO was chasing him yet, but he was like hearing something. And then there's oh. these aliens, these alien heads poke out. Little grays showing yeah. up. Oh, and that was like, I was su- super effective. I was Buckled in. I yeah. was, let's go. I was like, this is what I'm here for? Little little gray men. Yeah. And this is where you assume this is going. It's basically sightings, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, there's there's aliens that are creeping around. They're going to do they're gonna do things to you, David. They're moving all weird. Oh, yeah. fucking super weird. And, like, looking around corners so slowly. Yeah. That slow peek around the corner. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I was just, oh, I was so perfect. Like, this was so perfect. There's so many times where the line in the movie is nope. That yeah. They're so effective. It's great. And, like, it's it's exactly like, I mean, even from the trailer, it's like, you get it. It's like. Nope, I don't want to deal with this right now. Fuck this. I'm running away. Um, this is one of those circumstances where he sees the aliens like poking through and he's like filming it. He's like, I can't. Nope. I can't do this. <laughs> and then it's revealed almost immediately that it's just kids in, in costumes. Yeah. Fucking with them. From and the- it's, it's never really explained. Like, well, I mean, it's not explained till later. Like, why would they have alien costumes and come to his stall yeah something having to do with the with the theme park up the road right but i wasn't sure exactly what so that, this is interesting because we're only given the world be, of like oj's eyes really right and like they're all like holy shit we're the only ones that know about this fucking F- ufo yeah and they're like we can capitalize on this like we can serve this to our advantage and then suddenly it's revealed, like, no, you're not the only ones that know. The Stephen Yuen's character knows, and he's much better at capitalizing on it than you are. Yeah. And he's going to fuck your shit up, because he's going to create an entire show out of it. And yeah. we're we're shown him, like, launching this new family show, which is all around this UFO. And, like, he's got, like, um, you know, like a bedazzled cowboy shirt with a ufo on the back of it and he's like oh he knows what's going on and he's going to make this like the destination to see ufos because you can basically set a watch to when this thing is going to come out yeah and that's where like the the kids in the alien costumes came from because they're a part of the show um and that's where it's revealed that the aliens are not or the the ufo is not to be fucked with 
Yeah. Because that's when it's revealed. Um, this alien is not abducting people or horses to do experiments on them like you would assume. Right. The, the UFO is the alien. Right. And it's consuming everything it's sucking up. Yeah. And it sucks up this, you know, semi-populated stadium of yeah. people. And you're shown <laughs> this moment. What happens? This moment is so. This is the. This is the hit piece of the whole movie. Like yeah. this is this like this is what I needed so much more of. I needed to. I, I and now that I understand the the beast a little better, I I kind of understand that there's not a lot more to do with it. Yeah, because of just the very nature of the thing, but. So it sucks up like fifty people uh-huh. uh into itself and just the nature of this thing is it just it squeezes them all to death to eat them. Yeah, it just, like it shows the interior of it and it just looks like it's like a balloon fetishist wet dream. You know what it really reminded me of was the end of Akira when yeah. Tetsuo turns into that blobby thing and uh-huh. And and sucks in Kaneda and uh-huh. uh, and and Kaneda's in there and like he sees his friend and his friend just just explodes into blood uh-huh. and you're like oh, oh no like that was the most claustrophobic feeling for me that I have ever had yeah. was watching Akira and this was very similar to that yeah it's like being trapped inside a bunch of giant latex latex half inflated balloons but being smothered by them and all these people and all the things on them like their necklaces their change like everything is just like it's just like it's being pushed together like uh-huh. yeah it's all of a sudden it's like oh this is not only is it seem menacing but it's like yeah it is dangerous because it's going to eat you super vaginal uh i would not it's not vaginal, but get up anything, in them walls. If in anything, the, up in them walls, it squeeze you, squeeze the life out of you. I would, I would go into anus. Like this is a, that's a cornhole if I've ever seen one. Dangle Porky's butthole, man. Yeah, Dangle Porky's butthole. Uh, so we're we're shown that, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, this is this is not a UFO movie. This is a monster movie, and. From then on, it's I'm sold. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, this is great. Um, and then um, they recruit the cinematographer from uh, the set that they were on the beginning of the movie, and this is kind of a side character. And, and this is something that the movie does pretty good. It, it fills out the side characters pretty well because they have a phone conversation with this guy. His name's Antlers Holst. Yeah, and uh, which is a great name. Which my name was Antlers. Um, but you see him on the phone and he's just looking at like, um, film of animals attacking each other. Yeah. So, so he has like a, you can tell he's, has a healthy respect for nature and cinematography. And eventually he gets signed on board and, and, um, he brings a bunch of camera equipment that don't require power. Like it's old timey hand crank stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And they set up kind of a trap for the for the alien. 
um, in various ways. And, and wait, but we're skipping past another super dreadful part. And I know, I know, um, but like when it sucks all these people up, mm-hmm. it then proceeds to assert its dominance uh-huh. over OJ and Kiki's house uh-huh. by raining blood. <laughs> By raining blood down upon their house. Yeah. Yeah. Like, in a, like, it creates its own. First of all, this thing, like, they realize this thing is hanging out in their gulch, in their valley, because there's a cloud that just doesn't fucking move. It just sits in one place. Right. And it's so eerie and weird. Mm -hmm. And so this thing can somehow create and control weather. Uh huh. uh, And that's just a feature. Uh That's part of what it is. It's some sort of weather animal. Right. And, and um and so it creates this fucking raining blood storm mm-hmm. uh with downpours yeah super localized over their house with just fucking blood yeah and it is so heinous cuz it's just like oh those are all the because it's never explicit it's always just implied right oh that's all the people it just ate right being squoze out, wrung out, like it's whatever. Right. And that's very uh, reminiscent of The Shining. Like just those, just like, yeah, we're going to show a bunch of blood right now. Yeah. So that's blood scary. Um, OJ figures out that it's it's an animal and he realizes that. Animals have rules. Animals have rules and it's operating the same way that like. Any animal would be. It's being ter- territorial, and there are some things that it does not like. Right. <laughs> like, mainly, um, it had eaten up a bunch of, like, uh, vinyl flags. Yeah, yeah. That were attached to, a, a, like, a fake horse. They created a, yeah, they created some sort of And it could not digest decoy. or could not deal with these flags um, very well. And so... They set up a trap involved. And also the other thing was like, you don't make eye contact with animals. Never. They don't like that. Right. Don't look at it. And so they set up this trap um, and set antlers on one of the ridges and set up like those wacky inflatable waving arm men all around the field to know when the power turned off. Right. And, And then Daniel is on the back of a horse and he's got like the setup where he's got a hoodie that looks like it's staring at the sky. Yeah. And has like the thing that it doesn't like, which is a bunch of these vinyl flags kind of thing. Yeah. Um as as a deterrent. So he's being like the trainer. He's like, no, I'm gonna use the thing that it doesn't like to train it to not liking to eat me, basically. You right. Know, you you use like the understanding of the animal to train it to behave. Right. And that's, it's all communicated really well. And that scene is the most exciting and fun scene that I've seen in a long time. That was pure cinema. Yeah. That was, that was great shit. And I applaud Jordan Peele for making such a fun time at the movie theater. Yeah. I think that, I think the, I think the most praise that you can give Peel in this is by being like, is just by saying, this felt like 
Steven Spielberg movie. Yeah. Like this felt like Indiana Jones yeah. for a moment. It was exciting. It was. And incredible. it's one of those things where it's like, oh, that's why horses are exciting. Like it's fun seeing someone galloping at full speed on camera. Yeah. It's just cool. Yeah, it is. And uh, so that was fun. It does not go according to plan. And nothing is really made of it, but like if your eyes are peeled, you understand what's going on, which is um, all the film that Antlers took is immediately ruined because it's like the alien sucks up their, their little, their hut, and then the film that they caught was just like open to the... To the sun being exposed, being exposed. So, um, they're still trying to get their perfect shot and, and, uh, they're chasing it down. And then the end of the film is basically this flying saucer transforms. Well, I like the way they, I like the way they introduce because up until now, it's just a flying saucer, right? You know, you're they kind of, it it moves and and it like, the opening changes and, and sure, stuff. Sure, but kind it's of all according to you. You're you're still thinking, oh, this is made of metal or yeah, something is, like that. This is that. a saucer-like object. Yes, this is so clear. But what it ends up being is kind of it's like draws inspiration from like sand dollars. You know, it's kind of like oh, this is an organic thing that is made of sheets. Kind of, mm-hmm. it's it's almost like a balloon. Yeah, uh, and it just controls wind. Like it's, it's just a big bellows system that like right. can move by virtue of its ability to push air, right? And and it can form that shape using those bellows in different ways. So it ends up being kind of a sheet. Yeah, it's like a. But yeah, the way just, that it just... introduces these ripples, like you just get like every part of this movie is very intentional because it. It gives you a little bit more all the time, and you're like, yeah. wait, did I see it ripple? Like, was that... It looked like a bed sheet there for a minute. Yeah, I can't remember what what it eats. It eats something, and then just, like, kind of really deforms. Like, all of a sudden, it's not this smooth object. It's, like, this really wrinkly, yeah. kind of, like, deflating thing. And then it converts into its final form. Eat or I eat. And it's, it's hard to explain. But, yeah, it looks like these giant sheet wings and this kind of like other dimensional animal that has kind of like this center eye that's like like, yeah it's like a starfish kind of like the like the thing that eats is also the thing that sees you know it's like each yeah like the 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 eyes of it are in the inside like just in the in, in the in the mouth yeah the design of it is just so cool it's and it's like yeah, it's it's a cool like otherworldly thing that you haven't seen before that you're like, well, I don't know how this thing operates at all. Yeah, it's not a you know small gray man. It's like, well, yeah, you just look at that and you're like, yeah, it's it's like a it's like us. I wish all these parts had been treated with more terror. Like it's it ends up being pretty light towards the end, um, and I wanted it to be a lot more oppressive and yeah. scary, um. I think they they kind of exhausted exhausted that because there wasn't much to eat anymore. It ended up being basically just being OJ and Emerald at the end, right? I can't yeah. remember if it ate Angel or not. Yeah, I don't recall either. Definitely ate antlers. Yeah. Um 
but yeah, and then in the end they they catch like the the photo that's great because they get it to eat the uh, Bob's big boy or whatever. Yeah, the, <laughs> like the, the, the giant inflatable Stephen Yoon. Yeah, um, which is at his uh, at his um, d- uh, what do you call it? Theme the park. Theme park. They yeah. Uh, Kiki Palmer releases this gigantic balloon of Stephen yeah. Yoon up into the sky. Yeah. So and it inhales this balloon, and then it does what it does to eat. It squeezes it, yeah, <laughs> to until it pops. Mm-hmm. But there's so much air pressure in this balloon that it ends up just popping it. Yeah, it's not really clear. I don't think we're ever shown it like descending. It just to the it earth. just explodes. It's just like Puh! it explodes. But I I feel like you see it kind of like flying off into the clouds the like, way a sheet would. Yeah, know? I don't see. The, I feel like it's left open. Like. Did they kill it or not? I felt like they had certainly killed it. I felt like that was a crate, like such an interesting, crazy, cool take of like, oh, that this is the Jaws moment where he shoots it with the rifle. You know, yeah. he, he shoots the tank with and the it rifle explodes and the explodes. Face. And, and then in Jaws 3D, it comes back. The revenge. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think it kind of leaves it open for a sequel. It could, it could come back. I don't think that's Peel's style, but I could be wrong. You never know. He seems to have transformed from a fun, goofy actor into a serious, brooding director. I think, I mean, there's goofiness to his movies, yeah. too. Though. That's that's what my favorite thing about it, is that there's a there's an underlying, like, really big vein of comedy throughout yeah. all of these things. Yeah. And it's like, it's very smart. It's very smart. And, uh... And it's subtle. I'm very glad he's he's maturing in this way. Yeah. Like it's it's wonderful. Yeah. It's just you have it's. I guess what I'm trying to say is you have this picture of who a person is because of the work that they've right, done, right, and right. that most and and that work that he's done where he's been a a spectacle is his acting, and right. so you go, oh, that's. That's the the Jordan Peele I know is right, the actor, right. but him as a as a director is you know you don't get to see him being that that guy anymore. Right. So it's just his work. Yeah. I love his work. Yeah, but I but in my mind there's almost two different people of him. Yeah, so it's it's great. I mean, definitely looking forward to his next thing. Like, oh yeah, he's probably the most um, exciting writer director. Like that's got a a huge career in front of him. Yeah, I mean um, him and Eggers and Astor, like they're leading the pack for yeah. for new interesting horror. Like that, those are some names that I would love to be. You know, any I think any aspiring horror creator would be like yeah. fucking jazz to be have your name with each other. Right. You know. And just for the record, Jordan Peele, if you're listening, we love to interview. Oh my God! Or dude. Ari Aster or um, Robert Eggers, like open invitation. Yeah, no, yeah. And if you're cousins with them, let them let them know. Yeah, well, you know the thing about that is we're not worthy. We're not worthy. Yeah, yeah, but never know, Dave. You got to put it out there. Oh, okay. Well, well, you know, still. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. 
what is next? Is it uh, whores or is it? Um. Yeah. So I th- I think we're we're done talking about the movie. I guess. Um. It's great. Oh, Everyone it's- should see it. I think it's it's a great date movie too. Like this is, it's R and it is scary, but it, I think this is highly accessible to anyone. This is a general audience's like this is. I think putting it in. I think Jaws is a is a f- fabulous. Right. I, it, well, it ironically, is, they're advertising Jaws's. Well, at least in my, I went to the IMAX version, and they're advertising okay. this like had to get that in there. This 40th anniversary or whatever showing of Jaws on IMAX. Oh yeah, yeah, they were. Anyways, um, yeah, very lot of like great influences. Like you can tell. Like, oh yeah, lots of homages to Carpenter, Spielberg, yeah, um, Kubrick, like. That's the thing. Like Jordan Peele loves movies. Yeah, like that's very apparent. Like he gets it. Um, yeah, that Gulch, and, and you know, a, a, a key feature of a lot of those movies is like they have their iconic, the thing that you think of when you think of yeah. Jaws. You know, you think of Dreyfus chumming the water and then looking yeah. up suddenly. You know, you you think a, and this has those moments in it. That I will perpetuate like that. I will never forget that moment where they see the cloud and they do the fast forward on the footage of right. the cloud and it just sits there. I was like, <gasps> yeah, you know, you're like, oh, that's one of those moments. This yeah. is a iconic moment in cinema. You period. know, also comparable is is M Night Shyamalan. Like, I know that he is. He is very. It's like Jordan Peele cracked the code. He's like a much better M Night Shyamalan. No, no, he's not. He, I don't. I will disagree with that every time. This thing, I like Shyamalan is and was and always has been fucking fabulous. Fabulous. Uh, we just watched The Happening, so it's not always. Oh, you can't have you can't have one bad movie in a vast array of great movies. Mm. Like it's. You're being pretty generous. It's not a vast array of great movies. There is how many people have four spectacular movies? How many people have five? Well, I'll tell you one: Shyamalan. <laughs> okay. Well, agree to disagree, dude. You got Sixth Sense. You got Unbreakable. You got The Village. You got Signs. You have The Visitor or Visitor, uh, whichever it was. I, I mean. I mean, it's not like old was fabulous or anything, but it was a really fun movie. Yeah. You have one bad one, and then Bryce is like, oh, it erases it all. I'm just a general audience. Uh, uh. That's my I, impression of you. He had, some, he had some great movies, and then proceeded to have not-so-great movies. Which ones are not so great? Old, The Happening. Old, you gave seven. You gave that a seven. Are you contradicting yourself now? I don't think I gave that a seven. Well, you well, gave that a seven. No, no, we we all did. We'll, <laughs> we'll go back to the. We'll go back to the uh, to the tapes. Um, I thought I gave that like a four. Anyways, we'll we'll have to go back. We'll never know. But um, yeah, definitely stealing some Shyamalan moves from Science on this one, especially like the. Yeah, like the the playback, video playback stuff. Um, anyways, yeah, go see it. Um, 
Tell them, tell them the horror movie talks sent you. Because they're going to care. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, yeah, let's move on to horror or horror bull. Okay. Oh, God. This is... Because we're going to... This is also the bit known as uh, ruin David's mood. Ew. Ew. David's Ew, too David. happy is, Ew, is no, what David. this comes down to. Oh, and I have to... Ew. Ruin his mood. So, in this one, I'm going to give you mm. a special feature, David. In this one, okay, I'm going to preface it. Oh, no. I'm going to preface it and say, oh, no. In all of these clips, okay. no one dies. Okay. So, this is a game where Bryce pre- plays horrible clips for me, and I have to decide whether they're they're horror or just horrible yeah uh, are they are they ho- are they horror movie material or are they just horrible deplorable things um if you want to see these clips you can find them on the post for this episode at horrormovietalk.com yeah. in the episode section yeah, yeah. under nope um okay so i'm going to give you i'm, I- I'm going to read the title of each of these posts all all of these i'm pretty sure are com- coming from the reddit uh, crazy fucking videos subreddit. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read off the title and you get one nope out of all these videos. <laughs> to just opt you out can of say it. it's nope and you can opt out of it. Okay. Okay. First okay. one. The first one I'm going to describe. Okay. You, d- just, what's the uh- first one is is called practical fetish. Okay, I'm looking at a woman, I think, but it's hard to tell because she's completely wrapped in cellophane and in a dry suit uh with only her eyes open in a tube she's in a tube that's roughly the size of her body and it looks like poop or some sort of vile liquid is being poured into the tube with her uh-huh. right 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 so you want to do you want to nope out of it let's or is go this, for this it good okay practical fetish here we go okay they're filling up the tube with what seems to be poop is it poop no, it's not poop. Is it vomit? What is it? I'm not sure what it is, but I think it's like kind of a... Now they they put a cap on it, so just her head is sticking out. Oh, they're cementing her in? Mm-hmm. What if she can't breathe? I think it might be silicon or something. Or silicon or something. So, <laughs> oh, my fucking God. So she cemented into this roller Oh, my thing fucking God. With just her head with like a latex mask. It must covering- be so hard to breathe. Covering everything but her nose, and then her her like tootsie sticking. Oh out my feet. god! <laughs> They're putting her as a roller on the back of a tractor. <laughs> and you just see her head rotating, and on the other end is her high heel shoes. <laughs> this is this is just good clean fun. Is what this is. So weird. (laughs) (laughs) 
should go real fast. Wow, she's spinning very quickly. Okay. That was the weirdest thing I think I've maybe ever seen. Um, it didn't make me feel good, but I didn't feel bad, terribly yeah. bad. I mean, I hope she had a good time. Yeah. She's I'm sure. I'm sloshing sure. around in there with just excitement. That's one of those fetish videos where you're like, who is benefiting from this? Her. Like, is she getting hot from this or is this all him? If she's not getting hot, then she loves him a lot. Right. Okay, next video title is that's a sharp knife okay and oh nope no no i noped out of this one yesterday i'm not gonna watch it today no <laughs> nope not watching this one okay uh-uh i think that's a pretty good choice i'm not to gonna watch honest. that one to be honest okay uh, i think somebody comes up and cuts him in the leg or something i don't <laughs> want to watch it i don't want to watch it yeah, yeah. at all uh, you're right he straight up gets his i said no all right that's your one. Okay, next one is called Man Gets Run Over by Train. Okay, this one I can do. <laughs> uh, this is in India for sure. Yeah. Um, ask me how I know. No oh, sounds. and he's just running, driving into the train. and He just kind of crashes his bike. And now he's trying, and he's trying to-, to get up. And then yeah. legs mangled and he's uh, toppling over. Oh, God, he's dead. He's I hope he's... Oh, God. Okay. He's fine. Okay. Uh, okay. He survived. He's so fucking... Oh, my God. He should be dead. I don't want to see it anymore. I want it to stop. I'm not looking. Sorry, you sure nope. Oh, his legs are off. Yeah. Now his legs are bent and paralyzed. This is maybe the first time I don't... I feel like we've gone too far. <laughs> I'm pretty far gone right now. I've seen worse. I'm pretty far. I'm not... Hang on. I'm, I'm not really here right now. This is this is a good palate cleanser, I think. This one's called A Truly Hungry Seagull. This'll cheer you up. Uh, look, man, hey, I'm not doing too good here. I'm like I'm flagging. Okay. We'll set you t- take a couple deep breaths. I, I can't do more of those. Um, I don't think there's any more of those. I can't do anything to that degree. I don't like that. Okay. I'm not going to be here. Okay. I think, I think we're done with mangled limbs. Here's a truly hungry seagull. The fuck? (laughs) No fucking way. Seagulls can eat a lot. What the fuck? The seagull is like full on eating rabbit or a squirrel. It's an entire what rabbit. The fuck is going on? Look at fucking what? Jesus fuck! <laughs> Go on, son. Do the whole thing. Go on. Get in there. Get in. It straight up looks like Big Chungus oh, now. <laughs> he does look what like Big the Chungus. Fuck. What <laughs> the fuck? Jesus fuck! What? Dude, that seagull just ate its entire weight in rabbit in in like 30 seconds. Yeah. And it's all just in its gullet still right now. You fucking fat fuck. (laughs) Get in there. Go on. Oh, my fucking what? Jesus fuck. Look at a smile on that face. (laughs) Jesus fuck. (laughs) 
that's great commentary. That seagull ate a whole lot. Um, oh, damn, dude. This one is good. Oof. Someone deploys an excavator for rock splitting right as right at the rough edge of a 200-foot cliff. So I'm looking at an excavator uh, that's really, really, really actually sitting on a 200-foot cliff. Yeah, uh, right on the edge of it. And there's a guy standing next to it. Um, here is that what that is? Yeah. Wow, this is a very steep terrain. Probably India as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna play it, and then I'm gonna give you some good news. Okay. It's gonna go tap 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 tap. It's going some Chinese writing just to give you a sense of work safety. Kind of going it's over kind of creeping rip. its way along the cliff. <gasps> Oh, very precarious, and it's gone. Wow! Wow! There, that man lived. The good news is, I think it was remote controlled. I don't think there was actually anyone in there. The guy that's standing next to her behind it is is uh, from the comments. They believe that it was a remote controlled thing. That thing really, you could tell how far that was because it took a long, it like that first bonk and then. Yeah. Bonk. <laughs> yeah. It was a far <laughs> fall. I mean, the cliff was like above a skyscraper. It fell like, uh, it fell like flat on the ground. As it fell, it like spread out like a person. <laughs> it was like, Ugh, you know, just a excavator shaped hole in the ground after yeah. it falls. This one's called. Okay, there's a couple of these where it's like. <sighs> no, I'm gonna I'm gonna save this for second to last. Oh We've no! Got a couple. Um, this one's guy wraps rocked with copper. Guy wraps rocks with copper wire and throws them at power lines. <laughs> oh yeah, I think I, I've seen this one. Uh, yeah, there he is throwing it at a car. Wow! <laughs> yeah, I've seen this. Dude, that is this is this is like this is just jackass <laughs> yeah. that never made it, you know? Yeah, like yeah. jackass audition that didn't make it because died. You know? Right. He he didn't die, but man, he should have. Oh, this, um, lo- this look, one this looks kind of fun. This looks, one's fun. Is he doing that girl? This one is called That Must Have Burnt Like an MF. Oh. Okay, wait, I gotta describe it here. I gotta describe it. So okay, so here's what is in frame here. Um <laughs> There's a white hot oven burner, like stove top stove um, with electrical element. Yeah, with like pool cue sharpeners on the <laughs> on it, or dice, or maybe sugar cubes. Unclear what's actually on. And top then there's of it. a fella in the background, uh, like dry hump dancing his girl. Yeah, um, from behind, real yeah. close to this yeah. burner, yeah. and they're kind of looking at it. Yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah, let's see where this goes. They knocked a pot of soup onto them, and it definitely gave her massive burns on her butt and back. Right, right, right. Why? That's not where I thought it was going to go. No, I'm a lot of uh, deception. Yeah. Are you? uh, Man, are we almost done with this? We've got a couple more. God, how many of these do you need? Um, lots. Oh, yeah, I've seen this one. Yeah, yeah, I saw that one. 
You saw that one? Yeah, saw that. Did you see this one? Yeah, I saw that one. <laughs> that was a good one. No, go ahead. <laughs> she uh, broke an ankle? Yeah, I saw this one. This one is rough. I Oof. Oh. oh, this is a good one. Okay, we, we, so there's a dog in frame. This one is called in a door. Guy Sitting on the Couch Gets a Canine to the Face. Okay. This is a... Unleashing a police dog? He's right there. He's right there. It's a German Shepherd. So cops are outside of a apartment. They go in. There's a canine unit. Um, there's a police cam, like body cam. It's telling the canine to go right. On the pile here. Dog is not really finding the guy. Show me your hands. Stand up. Okay, freeze frame. What do you see here, David? This is a man in a mobile home, uh, you know, splayed out on a couch. Um, Sitting on a couch. He's got his hands behind his head. Yes. You should probably be putting your fingers where people can see him. Just FYI, if you don't want to get bit. So I guess, but they're, he's got his hands like interlaced behind his head. That's a pretty safe position. Okay. If I'm being honest. All right. He's very, he's not in a threatening manner. Bryce like, is well trained in this. So he's a, he's leaning back. Like okay. he's not like ready to pounce or anything. Okay. Slowly. Stand up slowly. Stand up slowly. Stand up slowly. I'm going to send the dog. I can't see your hands. He's got one hand raised. The other is behind his head. Right. It could be a gun. Okay, now, now both, I see both hands. Both yeah. hands are raised, fingers extended, and apparently there's a there's a handcuff attached to one. So there's there's a backstory to this. Okay. He's being built up a lot. Come out to us. Oh! Oh! That dog just bit him in the face. Oh! Out! 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 Oh, oh, how are you watching this? Oh, oh, oh my God. I'm not watching anymore. We can just turn it off now. Jesus Christ, Bryce. He's fine. He's fine. No, he's not. Oh my God. His face is not fine. He survived. He needs like 35 stitches for sure. Oh yeah. Um, oh, it just bit him right in the face. Can we? Is this almost done? We're we're almost to the finish line here. Um, this is the last, like, probably disturbing one. Ugh. This one happened in Portland. This is this is a uh, notable, David, right in our backyard. So this is angry man smashes restaurant window and cuts his arm. This is Portland. Uh huh. Yeah. Well. Oh dear, he is very badly cut. Wow. Feel so smart now, do you? Wow, that's he, a lot of blood. He punches through the window, and he must have nicked an artery because it. Oh, there's just a, a spray across Bryce, the other window. I call on this. I can't do this anymore. I can't do it. Okay, I can't do it. We're we're done. I can't do it. We got two last videos. Though. No, I'm these done. are these are this is a separate thing. This is a separate thing. This is uh, bat versus spear. No, I don't. No? I, I can't. Okay, I can't fine. Do it. You just found a spear. Fine. All right. And they're not zombies, so it doesn't matter. Okay, fine. We don't have to show that. I can't do it. I cannot do it. You can include it in the post and people can go rot their soul. 
Ugh. David! 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 Oh, my God. Too much. You gotta learn to dial it back, buddy. That was dialed back. There's no death in there. Ugh. I withheld the one that was, like, the most impressive to me that I found, which was definitely a guy dying. Yeah. Um, I don't want to know. I don't want to. Here, you, I'll take off the headphones. Never mind. I, Go ahead. I just, I'm just too much. It's, it's basically guys in a mall chasing down one guy with a knife. Ugh. And okay. uh, if there's anything you want to learn about protecting yourself against knives or what to do in a knife fight, um, every expert you're going to hear is going to say, run. Run away. And this is an excellent example of that because there's like five guys like closing in on this one guy with a knife. The guy with a knife swings at like one of the biggest ones. Yeah, yeah. Nick's an artery. The guy is like crumpled yeah. in seconds. Yeah. And he definitely died. So Anyways, let's move on to a slightly lighter bit. Um, I think I might be entering in my, my stage of villainy now. Like, this is... I think this bit is really cementing me as a serial killer, you probably. think. He thinks. Ugh. I'm getting there. Um, okay, well, let's move on to more horror movie Whores. If you gave my computer levels, I could play it a little bit more. Does levels. it not have levels? Not really. All right, so this is a bit where we just play your voicemails and answer your questions uh, and listen to your comments. This one's from CJ. Hey, boys, it's CJ, Beast from the Northeast. Hey, just out of my uh, own curiosity here, because uh, I'm into zombie movies and uh, doomsday-type movies, in one of those instances, whether it be zombies, a nuclear apocalypse, or any other kind of catastrophe, whose family is packed out the door and ready to go first, uh, Bryce, your family, or David, your family. <laughs> I feel like that's a pretty uh, important uh, uh, thing for survival during a doomsday scenario oh is gosh. getting packed and getting on the road before anyone else. And uh, I just thought about that over here in my own neighborhood. And uh, I feel like half of these motherfuckers that I live next to would uh, stay home next to the TVs and uh, be eaten by zombies or... Uh, you know, be vaporized by uh, an atom bomb just because they're content and lazy. And I'm always ready for whatever fucked up scenario the world is uh, going to throw at us next. So just thought I'd throw that out there because I am curious. All right, guys. David, do you want to field Bye. this one? No, I think you should. Yeah, I. the answer is David. <laughs> Definitely. Inter- good question, CJ. This is... Actually, a really good. Uh, you've you've pretty much uh, struck the nail on the head with what makes me different from David. Yeah, this is literally um, it. It's literally it. Yeah, David is the most prepared for a zombie apocalypse or just the breakdown in society. Much more likely that than anyone. I mean, you can get like to higher level, but you'd be like featured on a TLC show. Yeah. Um. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Like, well, no. I mean, look, as preppers go, I'm not. Do you have 
a a um what's it called oh, i'm not going to go into what i have because i don't want people to you've know. basically you've basically got a setup where you can just hop in your truck and run away i have a and you can live. i have a nope scenario uh all prepped right yeah right. i can i can do whatever i want uh and in a in a in a half hour we'll be on the road uh, what's it, what's it and not just on the road on the road and set right right what's the bag called the it's not like a scramble bag yeah it's one of them. i mean bug out bag do you have a bug out bag at the ready i'm not gonna go into it <laughs> answer's yes um uh, like no, well look i mean it's it's just it's just like it's like you just be prepared for stuff uh-huh you know no, David has has a more than healthy paranoia about like being prepared for contingencies. Yeah, um, I'm I'm prepared in a sense. Like I've got the supplies. It's an interesting I've culture, got, the Mormon culture. I've know? got they're uh, ready in a weird way. Yeah, um, in a practical way. In a practical way. I mean, my mom has like food storage for two years, so like we'd be set if I just went over there. Um, but yeah, in terms of like mobilizing first aid, getting stuff, I'm not gonna be able to like get out in half an hour, but like we'd we'd pack for we could pack for camping or getting out of town in short order. Um but yeah, I would definitely be one of those people sitting in front of the TV and be like, Well, say lovey. Here's the problem with being packed and ready to go is is it's not packed and ready to go. Is it's it's packed and ready to go to Idaho Falls for a vacation. Sure. You know? It's not packed and ready to go in the event of a <clears throat> apocalyptic problem. Uh which is you don't have water, you don't have food. How long will that food last you? How long will how how big of a gas tank do you have? Uh-huh. And how 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 reliable can how 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 far can you make it realistically on that tank? Uh-huh. Um like I wish I had a diesel truck, because then I could have a massive three hundred gallon mm-hmm. gas tank. Yeah, that could get me into Canada, no yeah. problem. Yeah, yeah, but I don't, which well, is upsetting. You have ident- you've identified the issues that you need to solve now. Yeah, I know. Do you have like? But a- there's a practicality to it too. You know, it's mm-hmm. I I do feel like that's a bridge too far. In you know I. Like everybody has a line where they they where they have a comfort zone, right? Yeah, and it's like this is mine. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I think that I think that's a bridge too far. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's the answer to that question. <laughs> good, good question, CJ. Yeah. No kidding. Always coming in with the good questions from CJ. Hey guys, it's Josh from Canada. Uh, we're talking about vampire movies and Bryce, you said you're reading Dracula right now. Um, and how you like the, the sexiness and the seductiveness and ooh, they suck and yada, yada, yada. Anyway, if you haven't, you ought to read, uh, Interview with the Vampire by Anne Rice. Rest in peace. Um, good book as a standalone. Also a great series. If you get into the rest of it, it goes a little off the rails, uh, later. There's like fucking, Body invading shit and all sorts of weird stuff that happens. But anyway, that's a good one. If you uh, if you dig vampires, 
and uh, Salem's Lot by Stephen King. Man, you got to check it out. Don't necessarily watch the miniseries. You know, it's got its moments, but uh, eh, it's past its prime at this point. Anyway, hope you guys are uh, keeping well. Ciao. Yep, still reading Dracula. It's getting delivered to my inbox. Um, not quite daily, but um, as oh, the yeah. story progresses, forgot. it's pretty interesting. Forgot how that was going. Um, have you seen Salem's Lot? Nope. Have I've heard a lot about it though. Red interview with vampire. Nope. But that is probably my favorite vampire movie. Yeah, I haven't. I uh, I'm an interview with a vampire film stan. Like it's a. Uh, I think it's great. Well, what did you say? Film? Stan. Stan? That's what the kids are saying nowadays. What's that? It's like you're, uh, you're a big fan. You defend it. Why not say that? I, what? It's because what the kids are saying. Get they with the say, lingo. They say a person's name? Stan? It's not a person's name in that context. What is it? It's what the kids are saying, David. Which is? Stan. I'm a thing Stan. What? Or I Stan interview with a vampire. Stan? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? David. Is it a word that has a definition? It, take too long to explain it to you. You just don't. You're not in. You're not hip. It sounds like you aren't either because you can't even put it. You can't. Here. Oh, here we go. Uh, Miriam Webster. The meaning of Stan is an extremely inse- ex- extremely or excessively enthusiastic and devoted fan. Mm-hmm. Don't, mm-hmm, you didn't know mm-hmm. until two seconds I ago. just described that. No, you didn't. That's what I said. But for some reason, Merriam-Webster has it all capitalized, S-T-A-N. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wonder how recent this entry is. Um. Anyways, next caller. Yeah. Well, back by popular demand, it's Mike in California. Okay. Apparently I was missed. The Buffy episode was good, fellas. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't lose digits from 4th of July. To me, fireworks, that's a virgin uh, hobby. <laughs> 4th of July, I was busy having drinks, barbecuing, and banging my wife in our hot tub. But hey, if uh, you get a little boner off, little sparks in the air, that's, that's on you. I never understood the firework thing. Uh, but yeah, I, sorry, David. I'm fine with all my digits, uh, including my crank. Uh, and CJ, I believe the caller was. Goddamn right, Mike's the best caller. Uh, tells it like it is. So uh, if you wore a mask, you're a fool. If you injected poison in your body, you're even more of a fool. Sorry, guys. Probably got you flagged. Peace. Mike, yeah, back. David. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks for calling in, Mike. We really appreciate you and, you know. Your uh-huh. uh, unique de- sensibilities, de- devotion to the show. Um, yeah, uh, so he doesn't like fireworks. Mm. Interesting take. Yeah, it's not about the sparks, Mike. It's it's about the explosions, about the freedom. If you're not on board with explosions, I don't know what to tell you. If you don't like freedom, then fuck you, buddy. Yeah, hey. it's basically what is great about sex too is the explosion at the end. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it was what, what was great about Nope. The explosion at the end. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is what's great about Jaws. The explosion at the end. Hey, you missed one. I did? Uh, Yeah. uh, This is Oh, Sam. Sam. Were you playing it? Oh, I can play it. I'll play it. Go ahead. Hey, this is Sam from Indianapolis. I just wanted to point out 
say, is it possible that Bryce's, uh, or Bruce, I'm sorry, Bruce's uh, favorite monster is vampires because they're literally the personification of white privilege? <laughs> uh, I think so. Speaking of which, for the next James Bond, it's 2022, man. Need to be a little bit more inclusive as to who plays James Bond, and that's why I think it's a no-brainer. The next James Bond should definitely be Mindy Paling. Um, should definitely <laughs> Mindy uh, bring Paling? that, uh, uh, you know, that that essence to the role that James Bond so so strongly needs, and none of that uh, toxic masculinity that is so rife with, and that uh, you know, uh, Brant Hampton is so uh, so into. Um, lost my train of thought and I need to get indoors because <laughs> the air is scary out here. Talk to you guys later. <laughs> Bye-bye. Wow, coming from all ends of the spectrum here. Wow, Sam's giving a shout-out to Mike. Yeah. He's afraid of the air at the end there. Mindy Kaling from The Office should be the next James Bond. Yeah. Did she help write The Office? Was she? I think she was one of the writers, yeah. Yeah. She's very smart. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be opposed to her being – What would, it, would she still be called James Bond? Um, well, she'd have a sex change, I'm sure. No, well, you don't have to have a sex change to be called James. Just be called James. Okay, yeah. Yeah, James is probably a female name now. Right. Like, there's no male name that's just a male name now. About Bruce? <laughs> Fucking Bryce Dallas Howard. <laughs> God damn it, Ron Howard, you asshole. Wow. You know, Sam from Indy really has a lot. He's He's got all the takes on the show. Okay. Fit them all in there somehow. Mm-hmm. Even called you Bruce. Here's uh, Robert the Farter. Yay! Hey, this is Robert the Farter. <laughs> Just calling in. Uh, I listened, uh, well, I re-listened to your review of Jaws. That's one of my favorite episodes of you guys. Um, But it just reminded me, I keep, I keep having these such heated arguments with this kid, with this friend of mine who's like, who's, he hates Steven Spielberg for some reason. We uh-huh. have all have these arguments about it and stuff. Well, but he also hates The Office, so can you blame him really? Because if you hate The Office, you must have you you must just have bad taste, you know. The Office is awesome. Anyways, you guys should review Eraserhead. Ugh. That would be such a funny review. I think that would be <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Anyways. This is Robert DeFarter. I'm out. Yay! Oh, man. Yeah, I can already tell your friend is insufferable. Anyone that's like, oh, Steven Spielberg. Yeah, I guess you're just a a basic bitch if you like Steven Spielberg. It's like, okay. Okay, and you're an edgelord. Yeah. Because you're so edgy, you don't like good movies. Yeah. Like Like your stance, to to make a stand, you take the wrong... You take the side of the bad guy. It's like, oh, his movies are just so basic. It's like, yeah, because they established blockbuster movies for the rest of time, you know? Yeah, I mean, your friend... <laughs> Fuck your friend, look, is what you I'm can, saying. Look, you can... The, the good I news... can almost understand not liking The Office. There's some people that can't stand The Office because it's awkward. Right. And I can, like... Yeah, I get I it. appreciate that. If that's not your... Your your lane of comedy, I get it. Totally. Steven Spielberg is the most successful general audience's movie maker mm. that's probably ever lived. Well, nah, George Lucas is. Technically. 
if you want to get into technicalities. Most but, successful? Yeah. I yeah, I don't know about that. David. Well, uh, you don't have to know about it. <laughs> you can just look at the numbers and go, oh, George Lucas is worth two or three times as much as Steven Spielberg. And that's well, all you half need to of know. that is like ILM and like all the stuff they did in excess of the movies. It, in terms of performance of movies, I very much doubt that the movies that George Lucas directed outperformed Steven Spielberg's lifetime catalog. I mean, yeah, you may have a point there. I, I'm not exactly sure, um, but I will you're say You're very that, confident about it, but you're wrong. No, well, look, I mean, it's starting Star Wars, even if it is just the first film, is uh, it's pretty... Is pretty fucking astonishing. Not sure. um, okay. Uh, okay. Fine. Like, I, look, I don't look. The, with, I mean, if we're talking about we're having an argument we're about talking, this, we're is talking enough. about directors and filmmakers. Like, that's that's look, a different I, thing. Look, I, I think I think Robert has a, is really lucky to have this friend because it's really easy to win an argument against someone who chooses an objectively wrong opinion. Right. <laughs> like, you just go well. I mean, but he made all the best movies. Yeah. All of them. <laughs> like, I always go back. There's Schindler's this. List, Jaws, fucking Green Mile, like uh, Jurassic Park, uh, Back to the Future, uh, Indiana he did, he Jones. Did, did he do the Green Mile? I don't think he directed Green Mile, did he? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Um, The. What was I going to say? I just lost my train of thought. Sorry. Uh, I was so preoccupied in telling you that you're wrong. Um, yeah, I mean, Steven Spielberg is like, take your, you can find, if there's not a, a single movie on, on. I was thinking Stephen King. His, his list, then you're not, you're not looking hard enough. It was Frank Darabont that did. Great, yeah. That director, the same guy uh, that did uh, Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, yeah, your friend's wrong. Whatever. Yeah, and I hope that... Um, oh, that's what I was going to say. That I've, I mentioned it before. There's a A24 podcast episode with Ari Aster and, and Robert Eggers where they, where they talk about, like, yeah, I always, like, made it a point to not like Steven Spielberg because, you know, whatever. And then they, like, talk about, like, but eventually you get to a point where you're like, oh, he knew exactly what he was doing and he's, like... He's a very, very good director. Yeah. Like, Close encounters. Yeah. Fucking E.T. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Jurassic Park. Yeah. I, I mean, come on. All right. Um, Minority Report. <laughs> Here's our last caller, Jessica from Nashville. Hey, guys. It's Jessica from Nashville. And um, I'm going through some old ones from the vault. Um, and I just listened to seven. Um, a little side note. Um, I've pretty much listened to everything that you guys have. Um, so I even re-listened to Ernest Scared Stupid. I mean, <laughs> that's I, that's pretty desperate, but um, <laughs> love you guys enough to listen to that one more time. Oh, um, but I was reviewing or listening to the review of seven, and um, love the back and forth about whether or not it's a horror um, or a thriller or whatever. Um, I don't even know where I stand on that, but I love to hear the discussion. 
And um, I wanted to know, like, so, David, I think you said, like, at the end, when talking about the ending and everything, you said it's just so dark, hopeless, and great. I think, Bryce, you said it was really bittersweet. There was a bittersweet ending to it, but that it was dark and nihilistic. And that type of movie is is absolutely my jam. Of course, I've seen Seven a million times, and I love it. It's one of my favorites. But I would like to hear you guys' recommendations on some other movies that are like Seven. I feel like I've seen a lot of these movies, and I've sought them out. And so, I mean, I don't even care if it's like you, I've seen it a million times or whatever. I would love to hear your thoughts on that um, because um, hearing any other recommendations might remind me of a movie I hadn't seen in a long time or whatever. But, um, yeah, would love your thoughts on that and um, any movie recommendations um, that I should dig into that are similar to Seven. So thanks, guys. Um, have a good one. Bye. Well, first of all, thank you so much for listening to all of our stuff so much, Jessica. That's that means a huge amount. And if if um, if you're looking for like dark and nihilistic, like my go-to guy is Darren Ar- Aronofsky. Uh-huh. I mean, you, Requiem for a Dream is <laughs> Mother, and uh, you know the wrestler. Like, oh man, Black Swan, crushing, like crushing. Pie, like all of those are just. Just fabulous. I mean, the invitation does it like this. These dark, like hopeless. The void uh, was real dark and hopeless. And uh, yeah, I mean, kind of goes on and on. I mean, um, I'm trying to find the one that I'm thinking of right now on IMDb. Um, oh, there oh, was funny, the, funny games. It's definitely super nihilistic. The the strangers. There's another one. Both oh, of those yeah. are home invasion yeah, movies. Yeah, because you were there. Um, I would also say, Last yeah, Darren Aron- Aronofsky, Recommend for a Dream. Yeah. Um, Anything is by rough. Aronofsky. Yeah, Mother is really tough, too. Um, what else? Oh, dude, there's this Meg Ryan movie. <laughs> this is so weird. But uh, every time I think about it, it just makes me upset. Um, it's called In the Cut, I think. Um, that's another one that upsets me to no end. Um, and I won't go back and watch it. Uh, when, when was that made? Probably around 2006. Uh, let's see here. No way. 2003? There is no way. Um, let's see. No Country for Old Men. Um, yeah, it, it's about Mark Ruffalo oh. and Meg Ryan in the cut. 2003. I, there's no way. There will be blood. One that's um, oh, Charlie Kaufman has some good, good, dark, dark movies. Um, I'm thinking of ending things is probably the most depression-inducing movie that I've seen in the last decade. We need to talk about Kevin. Oof, <laughs> oof, god damn. Ooh, yeah. Um. Oh, dude, pig, pig. Oh, dude, get ready to be crushed, dude. Pig crushed me. Uh, with Nick Cage. Oh my god. I think straight nihilism, funny games is pretty, pretty on the nose for that. Yeah, I guess I guess pig isn't really nihilistic. It's more much more hopeful, but it's so sad. 
Um, yeah. God, it's so sad. Um, um, yeah, those that should be enough to jog your memory at least. Hmm. Have you seen Funny Games? I think no. that's one that I might do for. Um, I don't know. Maybe we'll cover the English version for the podcast and then the foreign language version for a, pay, a pretentious review. Also, Last House on the Left, the original mm-hmm. by Craven, and then um, uh, The Vanishing. From Vanishing. By 1988. Yeah. Um, it wasn't exactly French. It was like French and Belgian. Belgian yeah. and, and Dutch. Yeah, a lot of our pretentious reviews are pretty nihilistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just what is the one we just did? Oh, d- goodbye, Mo- good night, mommy. Oh, Oof. that one's pretty nihilistic too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you'd pick the right genre for that yeah. <laughs> type of movie, definitely. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much Was to that all everyone that called. Yep, that's everyone. Oh man. Okay. Well, you guys call in next time. More people. Well, we're moving on to two hours, so, you know, I think we got pretty good. We got good content. Now he's showing me his nipples. Seven itch. Okay. Love you all. Thanks to all our listeners, to everyone that called in. Thanks especially to our patrons on Patreon. If you want access, if you're like Jessica and you've listened to absolutely everything we've done, if you want to unlock a lot more bonus content, go to Patreon, uh, which Jessica is one of our patrons, so we want to thank her especially. Um, we'll see you next week. Go see Nope. Bye. We love you. Bye. Bye. Hello, and welcome to Horror Movie Talk. An opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Go, 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 go. theatrical releases always get priority but we also review older horror movies both good and horrible Uh, uh, uh. wow that didn't sound good (laughs) i'm a cat i'm a sexy cat